0: In a world where three pudgy history teachers discuss random aspects of history... I've got
1: nothing. Oh, Hatfield, we got you. Yeah, I,
2: Wait, who you call him pudgy? Yeah, man, that's kind of rude. No, I'm rude. <laughs> Welcome to the History Bros, everybody. It is me, Jason Rood, joined by Brian Geldmacher and the product of the 80s, Jason Hatfield.
0: Wait, I'm the product of the 80s? There's, there's three of us in this. Yeah. You're the only one that was born after Star Wars. So <laughs> we'll say it was, uh, you know. Well, there's I, two of us that are a product of the '80s. You know what? Just because I, I'm you don't get the '80s references, doesn't mean I'm the only one that's a product of the '80s.
2: I, I, you're right. That wasn't fair. I should. Re, I should probably readjust that to the uh, the the product of the '80s culture.
0: Yeah, I think we should rename the the podcast to Two Men and a Baby. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's well done. That's well
2: done. <laughs> that's,
0: that's pretty that's good. A, I think uh, I believe that's another '80s reference. On top of that, so there you go.
2: <laughs> see, see, see. I don't know. Was that '80s or was that early 2000s? Early '90s.
1: He's gonna have to go like after this is over. He's gonna have to look it up.
0: After there's gonna what be there will be a test. There will be a test. <laughs> three men. Oh geez And it's three men. Baby. And a baby. I know that. It had and that, there was a dead person in one of them, too. Right. That,
2: well, Tom right. Selleck was in it, and then so was Ted Danza. He, he wasn't dead, though. No, he wasn't. And you're right. It was he from, was
0: only mostly dead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know what? I brought that up. It's another one? I brought yeah, that up 80s, somewhere, right? and they thought that was just funny, and I forget who it was. We were talking about you. Like I was talking nicely about you, Hatfield. What?
0: Uh, un- unless there's a video of it, it never happened.
2: By the way, it was 1987, so you were right. There you go. Of course I was. Uh, I <laughs> I hate oh it, boy! <laughs> I hate it when I have to admit it, but Jason Hatfield was right,
0: dear diary. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, son of a biscuit! So, what's the new, the a good word these these days for you guys? I, I did a. I, well, you know what? I'm not going to listen to what you have to say. I'm going to say what I have to say first. Mm-hmm. I. <laughs> Because that's what I do. I ask you a question, that I answer my own. Because <laughs> it totally <laughs> makes sense. No, I did... Uh, you guys did uh, Civil War Washington here a couple weeks ago. I did uh, Ford Cedar Set in Stone virtually this last week. And it was very, very good. And I think we're going to have some stuff come out of it for the podcast. So that'll be pretty cool. That's even better. How about you guys? what you guys... Be, what, what, what'd you guys been up to?
1: Wow. That was aggressive. Uh, not much. Um, just... Coming to the realization that uh, I have exactly two days before I'm having to be in back-to-school mode. So, Really?
0: (laughs) Sorry. Really? It's okay. It's okay. That's not loud. We start on the 17th, but um, they are suggesting – we did have a a Zoom faculty meeting where they said that we will probably be – or they're pushing for us to do Zoom classes for 45 minutes apiece. Oof. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to play out
1: I'll tell you how poorly
0: (laughs) well I mean I tried zoom towards the end of last year and like I had out of all of my students I had like I think six show up oh good night so I I think what may (sighs) what may be best is that I continue to like record and place like lectures on there for them to read and you know um, mm-hmm. and then just do the work, at, you know, at their But I don't know. I mean, it's the beginning of the year, so it's not like I'm giving them a whole bunch of work to do at the beginning. But still, sure, sure, sure. No, but so I don't know. It's and they're also wanting us to transition from. So last year I was using Edmodo, transition to Google Classroom, mm-hmm. and now they're suggesting that we transition from Google Google Classroom to a different platform. Which which one? Um, it's called Canvas. Yep, I've heard of it. Um. I'm not. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it because I don't think it's very intuitive. But um, so I don't know. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things that are still needing to be hammered out. But we mm. don't start until the 17th. So um, still have some time to.
2: Well, and you're not. Uh, you guys aren't going back into the classroom right away, anyway, right, Hatfield?
0: No, we'll be online for the first nine weeks. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, we're. Uh,
2: I got to go back to my classroom day one. Yeah, really? I mean that's what we're angling.
1: Well, we have we have a lot fewer students in the classroom too, so true. A little bit different for us. But
0: how many students do you teach?
1: Total or per class? I mean, in Who my homeroom, they- there will there will be thirteen. Oh wow! Okay, so it's it's a much.
0: And you have what four classes? Uh. <sighs> Uh, ish. I mean, I,
1: that's not all I teach, but yeah, I teach four uh, social studies classes. But yeah, there's other there's other things that I teach aside from that.
0: And there are 13 kids in each class,
1: roughly uh, uh, ish. Yeah, okay. that's about the average.
0: Wow. Okay. I'm looking. Boy, at... Well, i live like kings if I had 13 kids in a class.
1: Right.
2: Yeah, I've got about 24 per class. I think it is. And you have how many classes? Uh, three sections. But okay. they're also they're. I mean, we were on a block system, so I mean they're they're not forty five minute classes. They're like hour and fifteen minutes usually.
0: Mm. Well, this will be the first year in a few years where we'll have um, two full teams. Mm. So uh, last year we had um, two science teachers. We had. Uh, math and a math AIG teacher. And we had one full social studies teacher, one full language arts. And then we had one person who halved and halved language arts and social studies.
2: Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So now
0: they've they've added a person. So they've added a new social studies person who was actually, uh, she was actually hired to do eighth grade uh, last year, Hmm. um, but then things got shuffled around. So she was actually in sixth grade. And they moved her up to um, to eighth grade this year. So and she's, I mean, she's a fairly new teacher, very energetic, very bubbly, full of ideas. So it'll be, you know, it'll be a nice injection of um, of energy into the group and uh, to work with, uh, to you know, have someone to PLC with. So that'd be good. Well, sure,
2: that'd be a good especially considering the kind of energy they have from the current guy.
0: Um, boundless energy, I think is what it was. Brutal. <laughs> <laughs> so it was um. I mean, energy in a very kind of angry "get off my lawn" kind of way.
2: Ah, see, that that's that's kind of what I yeah, that's where I was.
0: I mean, there's no point just going, "Hey guys, could you get off my lawn?" No, it's I mean, it's very it's very authoritative.
2: Could you give us an example of that?
0: Uh, uh, no, I will not. (laughs) I I am not your dancing monkey.
2: Oh no, I wasn't expecting that. I just (laughs) I didn't know if it would be like a mustachioed type. Ordering or not?
0: Oh, uh, hey, get off my lawn, see? No, not that kind uh, of a so mustache. Think, no. <laughs> not that. <laughs> not that kind or of. We're these railroad tracks, gee!
2: No, not that. Not that kind of a mustache either.
0: <laughs> okay, all right. I see. I don't know. There's, but then again, I am a product of the '80s. So, <laughs> so like super
1: fast piano playing in the background, or <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's
0: how. Whenever no, I not that
2: kind of a mustache either.
0: When. Whenever I have, um, you know, I dismiss the kids, you know, or whenever we're doing some sort of time-based thing, I usually wind up having some sort of uh, fast piano kind Mm -hmm. of, you know. (laughs) Yeah,
2: well, again, that's not the kind of piano or not the kind of mustache I was thinking of, but, you know, you're, you're, you're thinking and stuff and, you know. Oh, goodness. What? What?
1: I don't know. (sighs) <sighs> should we do some history?
2: What's that? Should we do some history? We probably should do some history, yeah. Do you, do you have any history that we should do?
1: I I have stumbled across some that were typed on this uh, document that I could read if you'd like. N-
2: nice. Let's let's do some, <laughs> some of that.
1: Okay. Uh, August 3rd, uh, 1492. Uh, Christopher Columbus. He leaves Spain on his voyage to the quote-unquote New World.
2: Ooh, I've heard of that guy. Have you? Of course, you have. Did he? Uh, yeah. Did he? Did he do anything special?
1: No, no, no.
0: You know, I actually had a, a conversation with my uh, my mother. She was asking me about my thoughts on, um, uh, you know, like the Confederate, you know, just monuments and statues and stuff like that. And sure. she had brought up. She was like, you know, they've even changed, you know, you know how they approach Christopher Columbus. And it was kind of like, well, uh, do you think that that shouldn't have happened? I'm Because, you know, I said when I grew up, you know, Christopher Columbus was, you know, cheered as a hero. And as this huge explorer, I said, and then, you know, um, Bartolome de las Casas, you know, I stumbled across his stuff. And I'm like, yeah, maybe he's not such a nice guy. So, so I,
1: it doesn't mean I mean, it doesn't mean that Columbus didn't voyage didn't doesn't mean that he was less of, ex, of of an explorer than anybody else was he just happened to
0: be a jerk oh be, yeah
1: i mean the, yeah
0: essentially i mean well you, he wasn't the he wasn't the first european to discover north america
2: no I, I get that i understand can i um can i just point out that number one on the episode list is is columbus a hero or a villain and we're burning it up as of this day in history Oh God! <laughs> we can go back to that, but no, yeah, no, he's.
0: I mean he he was an explorer. He was an explorer, sure. um, and you know, and yeah, he was explorer. But you know, I, I there's a lot of I, stuff that goes with it. I, yes. th- well, there always is. <laughs> sure. There always is. But uh, I was just saying how the first history book that I got, you know, when I was really saying, okay, I'm going to go in and really go from top to bottom with history and. And of course, this history book was from the 50s, I think. And so they were talking about, oh, well, you know, this is um, this is why we celebrate Christopher Columbus and rightfully so to this day. And I'm like, okay, maybe we haven't gotten all that information in there yet. So um, (laughs) and because actually the uh, the uh, brief account of the destruction of the or an account of the destruction of the Indies that uh, de las Casas wrote was actually also used to vilify the Spanish. Hmm. Uh, during the Spanish, just always going, hey, this is why we need to go to war with the Spanish because they're this big of a jerk. And it's it's brutal. I mean, we've talked about it on the sure. podcast. Wasn't now, he Portuguese? Col- Who, de las Casas?
2: Oh, never mind, no. I was thinking the other guy. Columbus? Yeah.
0: No, Columbus was Italian, wasn't he?
2: Oh, mm-hmm. that's right. He was the Portuguese that He sold him? for
0: Spain. He, he couldn't get anybody to finance his voyage. Right. Uh, and then he sort of um, showed a little calf to, um, I guess, it's Isabella. Yeah, mm-hmm. was like, oh, oh. I'm sorry, <laughs> I've been, I've been watching The Crown. Oh, I say, <laughs> <laughs> I say, he looks dishing. We should throw oh. some money at him and allow him oh, to boy. go out and go search. I don't know.
2: It's, That's oh, also boy. not the mustache, mustache I was <laughs> thinking of.
0: I'm just trying to say, Claire Foy, watch out. I got your number.
2: Oh, boy. Well, well they replaced her yet. soon, so.
0: Uh, oh, it's a spoiler. No, sorry I about haven't that. haven't gotten there yet.
2: Good one.
1: Well, it's after the queen dies, which is obviously a very historical, famous story.
2: <laughs> the queen's not dead yet. I. It was a joke. Gosh.
0: She's I'm only sorry. mostly dead. <laughs> it is a fact, fe- you know. I got—I have to say, I think I might have given Brian a little bit of grief for watching the Crown, maybe on this, but we decided to uh, to finally watch it, and um, it's uh-huh. actually a lot better than I gave it credit for. It's uh-huh. kind of—it's kind of like Downton Abbey, but more historically focused. I but, told um, you. I um, you were wrong. I just happen to f- <laughs> see other things about it. <laughs> that okay, I appreciated. So no, you sure. you were wrong. But
2: Hatfield, to honest, do you do you have any history you'd like to share?
0: <laughs> oh well, uh, let's see here.
2: Nice. Please sing it. Sing it. Fast what?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do the whole, like, you know, of my era. <laughs> the Continental Congress, see, having decided unanimously to make the Declaration of Independence, affixes the signatures of the other delegates to the document. August 2nd, 1776.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to sing some song from 1776 is what I thought he was going to do. oh boy
0: um my name is richard henry lee virginia is my home
2: is that what you played
0: no i didn't play richard henry lee i've always played um oh my god
2: no (laughs) he's not in that he's not in that no uh, the
0: one guy uh, he the the main bad guy who leaves at the end of it and i um oh my god i can't think of his i've played him like a billion times i can't i can't think of it now the mind consider it man
1: about the mind It's the first thing to go.
0: Dickinson? Yes. Thank you, Dickinson. (laughs)
2: Okay. Okay.
0: And I also play John Dickinson in 1776.
2: (laughs) 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 I was hoping you were going to sing a song from 1776 for us. That's where I thought you um, were going with that. While you're
0: at it, why don't you hope uh, to wish for a pony?
2: I don't want a pony. (laughs) I want a song from 1776. Sung by no. the great Jason Hatfield.
0: Yes. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, oh he's dishing. Okay.
2: <laughs> so what you're telling me is on the anniver, like on the anniversary of today that we're recording this on on this Sunday here, the August the second, that this is mm-hmm. like the officially kind of a big deal. I,
1: I mean, if you consider this date a big deal in the in the terms that this is the day that the delegates signed it, then yes.
0: Well, this wasn't the day. I mean, it wasn't like there was one day that everyone ran in and signed it and then left. I mean, they were coming in and out over the course of, you know, a few weeks. Well, right. right.
2: But they they started signing
0: it, so, you know. So I guess it, you know. August 2nd,
2: 1832, troops under General... Sorry. I Well, I thought we were stalling there, so I, I was trying to... We were. It's fine. I'm sorry about that. Did you want to finish Hatfield?
0: Oh, no, no, no. I mean, th- that was it. I was just thinking, you know, if people are coming in, you know, the to, you know, kind of stealthily, it would probably be like, um... <laughs> <laughs> Thomas! Yes! Is the coast clear? <laughs> yeah, she! <laughs> I mean, I... It's, I It'll happen oh, eventually one day. Oh, one day one day oh boy one day uh, all this I can is, uh, it terrible. would change the whole mood if they had done John Adams the John Adams series that way <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're correct Okay and you guys used to give me crap about a soundboard <laughs>
0: Well, uh, you use the soundboard. I am having to, uh, in a very low budget way, just hold my phone up to the microphone. So, um, so rude, uh, August 2nd, 1832.
2: Yeah, troops under General Henry Atkinson massacred Sauk Indian men, women and children who are followers of Black Hawk at the Bad Ax River in Wisconsin. Black Hawk himself finally surrenders three weeks later. Bringing the Black Hawk War to an end.
1: Hmm.
2: Have, uh, raise your hand if you've been to the site of the Battle of Bad i I'm raising my hand.
0: I've only done it in books.
2: Well, this is every time I keep ta- bringing up the whole thing. You, every time you bring up uh, uh, Black Hawk and that whole thing, this is this is the site I'm talking about. It is just just mm, a few, you know, tens of miles away from here. About fifty miles away from here, but uh, yeah, uh, I know this site well. There's a town there now called Victory because they named it after the, not uh, the, yeah, that's it te- rough. well it tells you it tells you who uh, writes the history books. It's to write the history, right? <laughs> that's what it does. But yeah, so this is uh, one that's near and dear what to my heart. Great one great. of the f- what's that?
0: I was going to say, I guess, you know, naming it Victory, then Slaughtered Indianville would probably. Well, yeah, it's
2: it's, it's not quite as precocious.
0: (laughs) It could have been worse. But Uh, I finally
2: got to to have (laughs) one from my area instead of, you know, always St. Louis or always Durham. I'm not complaining. I know. It's fine. I know. I know. Anyway, so there we go. uh, Do you know where General Atkinson died? Uh, I know there's a fort named after him that's even closer to me. (laughs)
1: Yeah, he uh, he passed away when he was in St. Uh, Louis,
2: Jefferson Barracks in Missouri. Yeah, yeah let me guess, St. Louis. <laughs> yeah,
0: he <laughs> always was St. Louis. It's
2: unreal, isn't
0: it? Uh, unreal. Exactly. It's like that's like most of the people from the you know the Ford's Theater thing were from St. Louis, and that really <laughs> were they? I felt threatened. Yeah, there were really there were five threatened.
1: people from Missouri. Yes,
0: <laughs>
2: I didn't know there were that many computers in Missouri.
0: Wow! And there was one no. guy that I think was. The, uh, wow! there was a wow that's a wow sorry coming from coming from look. Iowa that's a that's a shots across the bow right there <laughs> no,
2: look. okay
0: no well there was and there was well not everybody there was one other person that was from somewhere in Tennessee uh, I can't remember I think he had mentioned it once
2: hmm.
0: anyway it did not matter we had a lot of Wisconsinites <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think there's anybody there from Wisconsin.
2: No, not in yours. I'm talking about the one I was in, the cool one.
0: Oh,
2: oh. <laughs> anyway, okay. Who's up? Me. August 2nd, 1876,
1: while Bill Hickok is shot while playing poker.
0: Obviously, not a very good game. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I mean, was- it's not called Shotter, it's called Poker.
1: Maybe don't play that game anymore.
0: Do you, you guys
2: know what hand he was holding when he died?
1: Hopefully, not someone else's.
2: No, no, no. He had he had two pair, and it was aces and eights. Okay, it's called the
0: dead man's hand. Somebody obviously didn't know how to play that game.
2: It's just oh no, he sat with his back to the door when he, sh- he probably shouldn't have done that. You, ever, you guys, have you guys ever been out not to th- Deadwood? He was killed no. in Deadwood, South Dakota. You guys ever been out there? No,
0: no. I had a uh I've got a friend that I went to college with that was in the series. Deadwood. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. He's uh he's gone on to do uh, some other things. Great guy. Sean Bridgers. Sean Bridgers is um, Sean Bridges Bridgers.
2: Oh. What else is he famous?
0: <laughs> um he was in uh uh I think they did a series called Get Shorty. I think that he was uh he was also in that. Mm-hmm. Um but, uh, I mean, he was in, uh, he's been in a, a fair amount of things. I remember we wa- he had one of the first things he was in, we used to give him a little bit of grief because he was in the second Children of the Corn movie, um, which, you know, when you're kind of young, it's kind of like you revere somebody because they've done it. They've been in a movie, so you can't <laughs> really give them grief because they're doing what you're trying to do. But then it is Children of the Corn Part 2, so it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Right. But, um, <laughs> but he's, he's an incredibly nice, incredibly talented guy and um, just, I mean, just, just fantastic, phenomenal guy. So Nice. Um, August 3rd, 1882, Congress passes the Immigration Act banning Chinese immigration for 10 years. Something that I also teach in um, my class every year.
2: Isn't it so nice um, to see that immigration hasn't been an issue for you know? It's that's a, it's a new
0: issue. Well, we, we'll, um, yeah. but we won't take the Irish,
2: right? Yeah, exactly.
0: No, um, the Chinese Immigration Act. We go through the um, the various uh, portions of that, like you know, because they talk about how. If you were a ship captain and you brought um, Chinese on board that were not registered, then you could uh, you could have your ship like uh, seized from you. Mm -hmm. And it was like the amount of money that they were going to find people for that time period was pretty uh, over the top. And ju- it's, the same, it's the same story as everything else that comes over. Here's a bunch of people that are coming over to work really hard and make a living for themselves. And everyone's like, they're trying to take our jobs. And it's like, they're not jobs that you wanted to take to begin with.
2: Like building a railroad you know, through the mountains, like digging digging well, the side out of a mountain for a railroad.
0: Well, and a lot of them would come over and do, you know, have like, you know, create laundries and, you know, restaurants and stuff like that also. Because right. I think one of the uh, one of the fascinating things that I also talk about is when immigrants come over to this country, one of the first things that they really establish are you know, well, not one of the first things, but they establish food. Right. Because that's, you know, that's something that's, you know, home and comfort and what they know. Because sometimes you can go to a completely different country and try something and just have it be like, that was not what I was expecting at all. (laughs) Um, Like uh, when I was in Japan, some friends came over and um, they went over and I could read some katakana, uh, which kind of phonetically spells out borrowed words. And so uh, this guy bought a carton of what he thought was chocolate milk. Oh boy. And he took a big old swig of it and he was like, "Oh my god, this is horrible." I said, "Why?" And he says, "Because it tastes like coffee." I said, "Because that's what it says." And <laughs> well, he just, was like, "Well, he's like, like "Well, what? I I can't read it." And I said, "Well, I mean, whose fault is you that?" Can a- yeah. You can you can you <laughs> can ask. <laughs> but I mean, then it's charming. I mean, and the thing is is that the milk, the pasteurization process, it's really different. So, you know, we have like skim milk and 2% in whole milk and their milk was like I mean it was really thick and just had a different flavor to it and it was just kind of like Ugh. first time I had it I thought it was bad but it was just the process <laughs> that they have so it's like you know but I was like yeah I've been here for a few months come and talk to me before you buy something I mean <laughs> come on <laughs> but anyway so
2: alright Uh, August yeah August 6th 1890, William Mm -hmm. Kemmler becomes the first man executed by the electric chair, a.k.a. Old Sparky. There it is. All right. He done got got fried and cooked.
1: Oh, boy. Oh, boy.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I wonder what the, the electricity bill was that month. I wonder if they saw a huge spike in the, you know. The warden looks well, is like, how geez, they, how we can't they be gener- doing this.
0: Well, how do they generate the electricity for that anyway? Well, the, like
2: normal, you know, nuclear power.
0: Oh, right, right, right. Sure. I just figured what they did was they had a whole bunch of students form a circle holding, like, you know, one end. And the guy had the little, like, you know. Pencil sharpener crank, <laughs> oh, oh. and they just had everybody go. And then the last one was the guy in the you know, the electric chair. And so, no, did you guys ever have to do that in class? I think I did oh, it when boy.
2: what create our own electricity. No, I grew up when we had like you know, AC current and then after Thomas Edison. <laughs>
0: no, I'm talking about like for a science experiment.
2: Oh boy. I no no, no I never did know. no. Not that I'm yeah, aware of. We we didn't ele- had- in Iowa we didn't electrocute each other in class.
0: Right. Well, you guys didn't have electricity up until about five. Years ago. <laughs> says so says the you know, um, So back in uh the original 13 <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> we um
0: Yeah, we would they had like it almost looked like a little pencil sharpener and they had these two little wires and we would all stand in a circle. One person would hold one. Uh, the person on the other end of the circle would hold the other. And they would, you know, hand crank it. And you could feel it passing through everybody. And as soon as someone let go, then, you know, the current, you couldn't feel anything at all anymore because you broke the chain. But, but the it was per- just trying to demonstrate the, the, you know, current and that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I guess... The person on the uh, end you know, always got the zap. Jeez. Well, the, the thing is, is that you got to... Kids today are so soft. I'll just say that. <laughs> I mean, there are so many things I cannot believe, you know, compared to the safety restrictions and whatnot today that we survived as kids. Like, you know, driving through. Uh, I don't even know. Do they even do this anymore where they would drive through town spraying like a uh, bug, you know? Oh, No. Uh, yeah, I remember when I was a kid, they would just drive through our neighborhood, just just spraying this stuff like just out the back of a truck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're out there playing, just breathing this stuff in. Killed, sure. That's how they killed yeah. the mosquitoes. Well, yeah, and you know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so well, we surely didn't have any COVID nineteen back then.
2: Yeah. So here's what I'll tell you about that. No, we didn't have the crank up, go and electrocute yourself stuff in our schools, but what you did have is you had mean uncles and brothers and whatnot out on the farm, and what they would do, you had to watch out because your brother, your uncle, whoever, or in my dad's case, his great uncle, or no, his uncle, my great uncle, would grab you as they're walking along the fence line. They'd grab you, and then they grab the fence. And mm. what happens is the, it would pass through the person touching the fence, and they wouldn't feel it all that much, but the person on the end got a massive shock because they're the one that grounded it out basically. And it hurt bad.
0: Well, I mean, you got to understand um education comes in so many different forms. Oh well, yeah.
2: <laughs> that's true. That's that's probably true. First. Let's statement. go with that. Let's go with that. <laughs> oh, where are we here? We got to keep going. Oh, it's you, Geldmocker. <laughs> Yeah, I know.
1: Uh, August second, nineteen thirty-four. German President Paul von Hindenburg dies, and uh, you may have heard of this guy. Adolf Hitler becomes chancellor. No, nope, nobody.
2: That was the mustache I was thinking of.
1: Wow. Oh, good. Hit, hit,
0: Hitler? Who's um? Who's Hitler?
1: Oh, uh, he's. I mean, he's marginally famous. I don't know.
0: Okay. Wasn't he? But he was like he was. He was like Matisse or something. He was like a painter or something like that. <laughs>
2: i think so yeah well he was he was failed and then he got a different job right he failed at at art and did something else then
0: sure sure so sure vegetarians
2: no i don't think he was don't. i don't think he was a vegetarian
0: i think he was actually i think he was a vegetarian really at least that's that's at least that's what i heard from eddie izzard uh well, that must be true.
2: Okay,
0: okay. He was like, he was saying in one of his things, you know, he was a painter and he's like, I cannot get these trees right. I will just go and conquer all of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh so let's see here. Uh, August sixth, nineteen forty-five, Paul Tibbets, the commander of the Enola Gay, drops the first atomic bomb on Hiroshima, Japan. It was the second atomic bomb. Dro- the it was the second atomic bomb dropped in Nagasaki that uh, induced the Japanese to surrender. And you keep going. Happy. Oh, and on August 9th, nineteen forty-five, the B twenty-nine bomber boxcar drops that second atomic mm. bomb on Nagasaki, Japan. Yes. Or yeah, that's, now, um
2: we're going to get into this a little deeper, obviously, but I, I've got a, a trivia question for both of you, because okay. I, I, I know the answer to this, and we'll see well, if you I guys do. Yeah, I do, well, I know the answer, yeah. Uh, where are, do, both of these planes still exist. By the way, Paul Tibbetts was in Iowa, and he wasn't born here, but he was raised in Iowa, just so
0: you know. Um, and the guy who was uh, the bombardier was from North Carolina. Was he? Nice. No, I believe so, yeah.
2: Oh, well, there you go. Take that half or out, uh, um Yeah.
0: Early Don't hear anybody from, from St. Road. Louis
2: there. Yeah.
1: Early research on the Manhattan Project, the uh, the uranium processing was, was done in St. Louis. Yeah,
0: because no one else wanted uranium processing in their state. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs>
2: well, yeah. <laughs> should have been more strict.
0: <laughs> who were who the smart ones there?
2: Hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was, that <laughs> was,
0: like, was, oh, yeah. Well, they didn't take all your, you know, <laughs> thrown out nuclear material and put it in your state. No, that's here. No, I'm just kidding.
2: No, it's it's here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, both these planes still exist. If you wanted to visit these planes, where would you have to go to see them? Do I have to raise a hand or is it just a blurted out thing? Well, whoever or? wants to go first. And you got yeah, to be specific. You got to be specific. The National
1: Air and Space Museum, the auxiliary site. Um, the Udvar-Hazy.
2: Yeah, that's the one. That's yeah. only one of them. That's where one of them is. Oh, I don't know where the other one is. Which one is it is, Which one's at National Air and Space? Uh, the Enola uh, Gay, I believe Enola Gay The Enola Gay, have any of you seen it? I have I, have. Um,
0: I don't think, I'm wanting to I mean, they, they've got a whole bunch of stuff that's on display at the Air and Space Museum but I I mean, at the actual, not the yeah, you it's, know, I've been to the Air and Space, not to the 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 reserve, but uh, so the known, I'm wanting to say, I thought they had it there, but maybe they didn't No, so it's,
2: That thing wouldn't fit in that building if they wanted it to Like the the
0: wings are wider than that building, I think.
2: But yeah, no, I've been to the Udvar Hazy Annex. Uh, It's it's pretty awesome. Um, The other one I've seen a couple different times. It is at the National Museum of the Air Force in Dayton, Ohio. And when my son, my son is actually. Thank
0: God there's something of worth in Dayton, Ohio.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, that's where the Wright brothers (laughs) are from and all
0: that. We love
1: our fans in Dayton. Sorry about that. Jeez.
0: Hey, you know. (laughs) Hey, even if you watch, um, uh, was it, um, Roadhouse? The guy says <laughs> this is worse than the toilet we were at in Dayton. So I mean, it's not. It's it's universally accepted. No, and oh, okay. I used I used to do an outdoor drama in Xenia. and if we wanted to do anything fun, we would go to Dayton. So I've been there. I know.
2: Have you but been was, to the museum? Course,
0: I didn't know that that was there at the time. Well, now all you we do. all we did was uh, we burned a huge. <laughs> Circle in the grass in front of one of the malls because somebody threw a smoke bomb out of their car and perfect, nice. Yes. You guys, it wasn't me. Man. It wasn't right. me.
2: Anyway, yeah. So that's where they are. Um, both museums are free and open to the public. They're both well worth your time. Uh, other exhibits at the Air Force Museum, um, the uh, 707 that JFK flew on and was brought home in is in that museum as well.
0: Um, Thomas Fairby, by the way, who's that Thomas Fairby. He was the bombardier for the Anola Gate. He was from Moxville, North Carolina.
2: All right, there you go. Uh, I believe it's me. 18 or, uh, August 4th of 1964, the bodies of civil rights workers, Michael Schwerner, Andrew Goodman and James Cheney were discovered in an earthen Mississippi dam. This event mm-hmm. is known as Mississippi bur- burning and it will be years before the bur- perpetrators of the crime will be brought to justice. And some of them never were.
0: Mm. Um, yeah, that's
2: um. That's pretty- <laughs> now they they made a movie about this, correct? I uh,
1: yes, I, there's a movie. Called of Mississippi Miss- Burning, yes.
2: Yes. And then I, I know so. there's, I, I watch a show called FBI Files. Uh, the narrator drives me nuts because he says a lot of things like new and pursued. Um, and it drives me nuts. Uh, but anyway, and if, if he's listening to this, now you know. But um, <laughs> they do an uh, an entire episode <laughs> okay. on the investigation into this. And uh, it's pretty fascinating. One of the stories that's really neat, and they say it actually lives in the laurels of FBI history is that when they went out to dig, the the lead agent uh, stuck a shovel in the ground and said, dig here, and just as they were about to start digging, he says, no, wait, he moved it about 10 feet and started digging there, and that's where they found him.
1: Hmm.
0: That's – I, you know, when we hear – you know, talking about how I saw a meme the other day that one says, "You know, I miss the good old days," and every historian is kind of like, "Hmm, right." You know, and it's and <laughs> it's kind of you me. know. I was actually when I was in uh, when I lived in Wilmington, I, there was this place that was near one of the big movie theaters that they had one of those big kind of like shopping villages or I mean it was outside everything was exterior. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was one that was kind of based on the fifties, I guess. And I was there with a friend of mine uh, who's uh, of Japanese descent, and um, we're like, "Oh yeah, let's go there and eat." And it was a group of us, and she was like, "Yeah, I don't really feel comfortable going there." And I'm like, "Really? Why is that?" And she says, uh, "It was the 1950s."
1: <laughs>
0: and I'm like, "Uh oh yeah, wow, <laughs> yeah, didn't even didn't even think of that one, you know?" So. <sighs> we just i I mean, I'm not entirely certain if there ever really was a good time in u s history that was good for everybody there wasn't probably not no, so yeah, I guess that's um something that I'm constantly having to grapple with,
2: well, and that's the thing is we we can we're getting deep here, I apologize. We we understand the world from our own perspective, and so what was a good time for us, exactly. We don't necessarily understand that it wasn't necessarily a good time for somebody else. And so sure. it's not out of, uh, it, there's a se- a sense of ignorance there in that, yep, there's a lot going on, and, and we've never taken the time to learn it ourselves, you know, and seen th- things from another perspective. But it, I don't think it's an, an intentional ignorance, necessarily. It's still ignorant.
1: It's- it's a simplistic approach, and yes. simplistic not necessarily in a bad way, but maybe a little bit in a bad way.
2: Right. <laughs> right. No, that's that's a, a fair way to say it. So,
1: uh, Let's see. I got two events. They are closely linked. August 5th, 1974, President Richard Nixon admits that he ordered a cover-up for political as well as national security reasons. Three days later, on August 8th, he resigns from the presidency as a result. ...of the Watergate scandal. Oh, boy.
0: Yep. Mm. Only time in U.S. history where a president has resigned office? Uh,
2: yes, that is correct.
0: And he was. it would have been the first time in U.S. history that, uh, had he not resigned, that a president would have been removed from office, I think. That probably would
2: have happened. Yeah, happen. right. there,
0: yeah well. Correct. Um, uh, And lastly, uh, August 7th, 2007, Barry Bonds of the San Francisco Giants. Great basketball (laughs) team. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He breaks Hank Aaron's record with his 756th uh, (laughs) three-pointer. Bonds' accomplishments were clouded by allegations of illegal steroid use and lying to a grand jury. Mm. Ah, sports ball.
2: Oh, you got to love it. Do you? Really? Well, not. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Mr. <Mister, laughs> I i got to be done by a certain time because there's hockey that on. Is, that's not baseball, sir. That is not baseball.
0: <laughs> Stand Stand out. Out. It's a fair point. Stand fair out. point. What's that? That hockey's not baseball? There's not a ball really involved at all in that one. So. True.
2: That's true. true. They just slap each other with stu- with sticks. Easy, friend. Easy. It, it's
0: more it's, uh, yeah. well. We're we're not saying that it's a very um, let's say dignified. Let say, we could say dignified. It's not uh, an elevated form of entertainment per se, mm, but you mm. know it's. But you know, you know, bread and circuses.
1: Whatever, whatever. <laughs> right. They appeal to whatever. whatever. They appeal to
0: whatever. And I get it. It's <laughs> fine. Whatever. Whatever really appeals to the plebs is really, right. You know. That's you know.
2: Yeah, Geldmacher doesn't know anything about sports. By the way, uh, Geldmacher, do you want to come on my sports talk show again?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Up until (laughs) about two minutes ago, he would have said yes. Now,
2: Right, yeah. (laughs) I don't
1: know. No, I definitely still want to come on. (laughs) I'll just spend the entire 44 minutes... Crashing Jason Root. This guy is back for a dollar. And another thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so why don't we, uh, why don't we take a little break, and then we'll uh, have you guys just go ahead and fight it out. And uh, when <laughs> we come back in, uh, whoever has the most teeth can lead us off.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Ugh. <laughs> uh let's kick this thing it's time to get going bring it back to the history bros it's what we do this is jason rude bringing you the amazingness of amazing along with brian gildmacher jason hatfield yeah and myself i don't know we'll that's the that. half we'll of that. my intro for my actual radio show that i gotta do for the next three days uh so
0: <laughs> that you've gotta do I've, that I've you're gotta i mean do. Just in case the bosses are listening, let's try and make it sound happier. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I'm covering for uh, uh, another guy, so.
0: Doesn't matter. Doesn't
2: matter. <laughs> I'm sorry. I get to do a radio show for the next three days.
1: Yay! Okay, okay. okay. Dial
2: it back. Good night.
1: It
0: also it's, means that I... Mean, I <laughs> mean, think about it. It's like, yeah, I got to do this. This radio thing that I do for a job.
2: I, I, you know what? I I did a terrible job there. I'm sorry. I, I, it's it's not even that. It's the fact that I have to get up at like six thirty in the morning for the next. Oh, jeez.
0: Well, Well, I live like kings if I got to get up at six thirty in the morning.
2: Well, oh, that's right. You get up at like at like four. No, it's not because
0: you're five. Five. five ten, after, ten after five. Ten after five.
2: And the way I understand
0: Otherwise,
1: it, he'd miss the five o'clock news.
0: Right. Well, the way I understand well, it's not because of his ten job. after five, I'm already missing it. So what's your
2: point? I, from what I understand, I it's not because of his job. It's because he's just old and gets up early and goes to bed early.
0: Well, yeah, I got to get up and got to go use the bathroom. Well,
2: you know, that sunlight just once the sun Before comes For the up. 11th time. Right. <laughs>
0: well,
2: you know, everyone's got to have a hobby. We could get him a catheter. <laughs> oh, God.
0: Yeah, let's talk about let's let us let us talk about me. Let's let, yeah, let's could talk we, about me. Could
1: we just set aside this conversation and talk about something that's a little more?
0: Uh. So let's let's talk about something that's pertinent. <laughs> that is, um, that uh is the anniversary of happening yes. this week, which I think is it's important to discuss because um it's an incredibly pivotal point in world history. Um, I believe. Um, and that is the uh, bombing of Hiroshima. The first time that an atomic weapon will ever be used in war uh, will be ever ever be used. Well, I guess well technically, if you would call a test a usage, um, then it would be the, I guess the second time, but um, this will fundamentally change everything in the world uh it will begin the cold war between the united states and the soviet union um it will cause the death of you know a couple hundred thousand people
1: this is not one of those hyperbolic statements that he's making either. It's not, this will change the history of the world. No, that's not just one of those because, you know, today it's, it's, we live in a very hyperbolic, oh, it's the worst thing I've ever heard. Oh, that's the best thing I've ever had in my life. I this know no president
0: that talks like that.
1: Right. This oh. is not one of those statements. We're talking about actually changing the history of the world.
0: Well, let, let's, let's, let's talk about that for a moment. How do you think? That um, this event uh, changed the world.
2: Not it it. ended the war.
0: (laughs) Mm, Well, okay, we could say that. I mean, I mean, it did hasten its end. Um, There is some arguments. (laughs) There's some arguments to be made that the Japanese were trying to end the war, but they were trying to do so with um, with some exceptions, or with some okay, we'll do it, but and uh, with some conditions. Um, what are some? What, but you, we kind of talked about them. Um, what else? I mean, how else did this change the world?
1: Um, I mean, it was a weapon that we'd never seen before, so it was going to. If if it did, it sounds terrible. If it did its job correctly, it was going to be something that people stopped and said. Oh my God, what have we done? Or what has happened? Um in a way that had never
0: been done before, if that makes sense.
2: Mm. It um, also changed the power
0: structure of the world in a lot of ways. That too. Absol- absolutely absolutely. Because um I guess it was after the Potsdam uh Potsdam uh conference that turned off. Uh, I know, right? Um, Jeez. that I think the Russians finally at this point realized that we had this weapon, right? which would then create this, why didn't, why wouldn't you tell us, you know, why don't <laughs> we know about it? And, um, which caused a huge, uh, feeling of, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Stalin was a very, he loved people. He was a people person. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. um, after this revelation, he felt a little paranoid. Um, (laughs) And uh, he, you know, therefore did not trust the United States. And we would start going from that time period, roughly right after World War II, through uh, the early 90s, where um, until the collapse of the Soviet Union came. So it was uh, the Cold War. I mean, that was a direct um, outcome of... The usage of a nuclear weapon, which by the way, do we know how the nuclear weapon works as opposed to, say, a conventional bomb? From what I understand
2: is obviously you split an atom, which then causes a chain reaction within other atoms to split them, and then, you know, through the fusion that it creates, you have a massive explosion. But from what I understand, it's not even so much that the uh, bomb necessarily blows everything apart, but it it moves air, and so you get this shockwave going out. But then you also you'll get this vacation of the air. So now all of a sudden, all the air has to rush back in because there's a vacuum essentially created. Because when you watch videos right. of it, you see it go out and you see it come back. And then that cloud that's going up is really the updraft of all that air coming back in. Am I accurate on that?
0: Um, yeah. I mean, it's there's um, there's a lot of uh, to kind of, to, well, to walk those steps back, there are, um, you've got nuclear fusion, and then you have nuclear fission,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and nuclear fusion, you're thinking fuses, it kind of brings things together, whereas fission is basically causing it to blow apart. Um, I actually have a book that I bought from the uh, Hiroshima Peace Memorial Museum that is the first time I'd really ever kind of learned about Uh, fission, um, but it says that the atomic mass of an atom is expressed as the number of protons plus the number of neutrons and all atoms of a given element have the same number of protons, but some have a different mass due to a different number of neutrons and atoms that differ in this way are called isotopes. Mm Mm-hmm. However, atoms can remain stable only if their nuclei are composed of the proper number of protons and neutrons. Nuclei with unbalanced numbers of protons and neutrons tend to decay into more stable nuclei.
2: Pat Atoms
0: with these. Yes. This is the history bros, not the science bros. Well, but this is important. Keep going. No, you're good. You're good. Keep going. So atoms with these unbalanced nuclei are called radioisotopes, and when they break down, they release radiation, alpha, beta, gamma, and other rays with varying penetrable power. Um, Protons and neutrons in the nucleus of an atom are powerfully bound by the nuclear force um, and unaffected by normal chemical reactions. However, a high-energy particle, such as an alpha ray, striking the nucleus can split off a proton or neutron creating a different atom and so when a neutron strikes a uranium nucleus the nucleus absorbs the neutron shakes violently and constricts at the center and this causes the positively charged protons to repel each other and the nucleus divides into two smaller nuclei this process is called nuclear fission And this more or less creates a a chain reaction. So Mm -hmm. your denser material, the denser that it is, and if you make that unstable and then force it to blow apart at its molecular level can create an insane amount of energy. Mm -hmm. And, um, And actually, you know, the atomic bombs that we used then are nowhere near as powerful as... You know the weapons that we use now, and actually, I believe even hydrogen bombs hydrogen bombs are are way more are more powerful. Mm -hmm. I believe also, but um, Hmm. right. So you will have um, so you know the germ the Nazis during World War II were trying to create this weapon because I mean, you had I mean, and I I don't know when the concept of this was actually considered but when you get to like a, such a major conflict as world war ii to have someone have that kind of weapon is the game changer
2: oh yeah mm-hmm.
0: and so the nazis were building one and it was known as a heavy water bomb um actually i'm sorry it was the um the powaton indians that were originally creating <laughs> the heavy water and uh, you know if you go to jamestown you'll see sure Sure. Sure. No. Um. No. Uh. The Nazis <laughs> were creating uh this heavy water bombs and uh, or heavy water, and um once the Nazis uh surrendered and word made it back to the scientists that were trying to develop the bomb, they actually petitioned the government to stop this research because they were afraid of what this would do. Wow. Um, like opening a a Pandora's box. Um, They actually have a copy of that letter in this book as well. Um, And, yeah, it's, uh, uh, Unconditional Surrender of Germany on May 7th came as a shock to the scientists who had worked so hard building the A-bomb for protection against the German threat. The uh, these scientists then declared their opposition to the use of the A bomb. By then, however, the bomb was entirely under the control of the government and the military, and the appeal of the scientists were ignored. Um, and so we had this weapon, and you know it was kind of like, okay, well, and the thing is, is that the U.S. government planning ahead chose certain sites that were not to be touched at all so if they did come around to wanting to use the bomb they would be able to see exactly what damage it could do to something that had not been damaged before gotcha and so hiroshima was one of those nagasaki was one of those i'm wanting to say there was a handful of others and um do we know why Hiroshima was ultimately the one that was chosen on that fateful day?
2: Um, well, from what I understand, there were two targets, mostly industrial centers, but Hiroshima was the one that had the better weather of the two. From
0: what I understand, it had the nicest weather that day.
2: Yeah, there you go. Of the, of the potential targets.
0: So, yeah. So there was, you know, cloud cover based on, what they were you know how they were going to um you know the level they were going to drop this bomb at and whatnot it was uh they needed less cloud cover and hiroshima on that particular day happened to have beautiful weather so yep. they're like okay well that's the one we're going to drop the bomb on mm-hmm. that's and, screwed uh, that up i know it's like you know people outside oh let's go sunbathing or no i don't that's I a i really
2: do I? that's a terrible way to go sunbathing <laughs>
0: Well, True. I mean, not to real. I mean, the thing is, I, having been to Hiroshima, I, I mean, Rude, you've been to Gettysburg, mm-hmm. um, Geldmacher, you've been to Normandy. I mean, mm-hmm. you guys can attest, when you go to these areas where there is such a a massive loss of life, I don't know, do you feel like you can feel that there, or are you kind of projecting that sort of knowledge
2: i yeah i I feel like i can feel the weight when i'm in gettysburg
1: i think it's probably a little bit of both i mean i i certainly felt different being in normandy but i know if my like 13 year old son was there he wouldn't have felt the same way i would have but just because he's not as knowledgeable on subject matter as i would be so true he wouldn't have that same experience that i would
0: that's a fair but i felt it i mean i felt it Okay. Whether yeah. it's me projecting
1: or not is a different story, but I definitely felt, you know, you could you could feel the different.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, Hiroshima was um, especially since you have a lot of civilian death.
2: Hmm.
0: Um, and they there's a map that came along with this particular book that kind of shows where the locations are that were um. Uh, of buildings that survived the blast that were still there mm. um, and that kind of stuff. And uh, of course you go into the, the museum and you will see, you know, you, you hear about shadows being burned into granite, into wood, into that. And that's mm-hmm. true. So much power is released at the detonation of this bomb that the intense heat and light will burn the shadows into, um, into all different... I mean, you could see them on bridges. So they were able to triangulate where exactly the bomb exploded in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And you have... At this museum, you have deformed fingernails from people who were in the bomb blast mm-hmm. um, because the heat. Um, they, uh, people's skin hung off of their arms... Mm-hmm. uh virtually melted um ki- kimono patterns were burned into people's skins um ceramics uh, roof tiles were fused together wow. uh glass was fused together um and that's just the heat not
2: even the um, humidity
0: then well then you have the <laughs> you know the blast you have uh there are uh, structures that are still there that had iron Uh, kind of like shutters that were blasted inward. Mm -hmm. So this heat, and you got to think, you know, traditional Japanese, a lot of their, not a lot, but a good portion of their structures were made of wood. Mm -hmm. So you have this intense heat, all of a sudden, boom, lights everything up. And then the blast wave blows it all to pieces. So you had stone and brick structures that did survive, or in some cases were shifted off their foundations. Mm -hmm. But um, I mean, it the amount of power that was released. Now, let me ask you guys this. Um, we have this weapon, and let's say that um, would... Because uh, I was you know, doing a little bit of research before we came on to kind of talk about some discussion points about this. Mm-hmm. And why, if we have this weapon... Why not have shown a demonstration of it for the Japanese and then allow them to discuss? I mean, do you think if we'd have done a demonstration, like a very public demonstration, that it would have caused the Japanese to surrender and then they would have, okay, yeah, we're yeah, we're out, and then you would have saved that many lives or
2: maybe, but here's the thing you have to also consider if the whole if part of the point of this is not letting the russians know we have it because you don't want to give them a head start on developing their own or whatever that probably plays a factor in that decision
1: mm. does it though Blind. it's not like it's not like social media it's not like there's a 24-hour news cycle that would have been reporting on it
2: no but but if we're going to go and do this very publicly and the russians are even considering it you know, I mean, basically, you're 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 tipping your hand to them that you've got it, and now they're going to start developing it as fast as they can because somebody yeah. else has it.
0: Well, but the Potsdam Conference uh, took place like the month before, so by that point, the Russians were aware of. Uh, if I'm correct, if I'm correct, I believe that's when the Russians were made aware. Mm. Right.
2: Well, right. Um, but now that you 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 haven't, if you do a public display to it, the that, that's the other thing is, what if they already have it, and they flip sides on you? Hmm. They know you've got it, and you're about ready to use it on Japan, and they flip sides. Well, I don't you. know if the
0: Russians even um, had. I, I, I'm not. I'm not entirely certain about what the Russian. Um, uh, the steps were taken at that particular point, but if we had let them know that we had it and then we, you know, then we do this demonstration for the Japanese, we're not necessarily hiding it from the Russians. Right. It's, you know, it, at this point we're saying this is for the Japanese. And honestly, you could also say this is for anyone else. And, and maybe <laughs> if you really want to know.
2: Right. And maybe what I'm, uh, maybe I'm barking up a tree that doesn't really exist, but, um, I, you know, I don't know. I think you have to consider it, considering the fact that, you know, part of what we were doing with getting this war ended was because of the Russian influences and not wanting them to get involved with <laughs> Japan either, on either side. Cause I mean, we talked about that last episode when we were talking about Korea, right?
0: Yeah. Right.
2: I don't know. Um, maybe, like I said, maybe I'm barking up a tree that doesn't really exist.
0: Well, I mean, the and the thing is is that you there's a lot of discussions that go on now about the ethics of whether or not we should have dropped the bomb. Mm-hmm. And uh, what are your thoughts about that? Because a lot of people are like, <laughs> we shouldn't have dropped it. You know, it killed so many people, yada, yada, yada. What are your thoughts on that?
1: You know, we've always heard that it would save American lives, that ultimately if you're invading Japan, then you would have probably, you know, I mean, they say anywhere between 10 and possibly up to 30,000 troops you're talking about. You know, does that mean it's okay? I don't know. That's usually been the justification that I've heard. Um, You know, it it would have saved time. It would have saved money. It would have saved soldiers. Uh, Would I still drop it knowing all that? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. It's such a, it's, that question is so huge. Right. I, I don't
0: know. Uh, doing a little bit of research, apparently um, Stalin uh, did have uh, spies within the U.S. government to uh, oh. know about the, uh, even to really, I think, have known about the Manhattan Project. Okay. So they may have already, they were probably already aware, but, um, so yeah. Well, rude. What about you? What would would you I mean, being if you were Truman, if you were in his shoes, would you have gone to uh, drop the bomb?
2: Well, let me do this. I've actually created a lesson on this that I use and I'll even share it with you guys if I haven't already. Um, I wanted to I call you. You make the decision. You make the call. I think is what I call it. And uh, I didn't want to give my students the straight up uh, situation that Truman had in, in the same you know, circumstances, same names of everything, because for two reasons. Number one, we already know what Truman did, um, so mm-hmm. there's an automatic out. And number two, you get the, uh, you know, adolescent, middle school adolescent boys will say, yep, I'm <laughs> going to do it, oh. Cause, and they don't c- ever consider, because they, they know what did happen, and they don't ever consider the fact that there's a, a huge decision to be made. And so what I did... Right. Is is I drew a map and put four countries on it, and your country is one of them, and you've got, it's a similar scenario, obviously, but then I put in all of these, these uh, factors and factoids and whatnot, and the kids can ask me questions. And then I went and I had two colleagues actually record like minute-long things, and they're your, your advisors. One of them is drop the bomb, and one of them is don't drop the bomb. And, and I say, you, okay, so there's a QR code that goes along with it and it comes up and it, this person advises them, telling them what they should or shouldn't do based on what they think. And what I found is that the kids actually take the time to think about it. And some of the ones I thought, oh, yeah, they're, they're just going to do it because ha ha ha, you know, ha, you know, they don't, they don't think about anything. Um, they just do it. And in this case, a lot of times they stop and think and it's like, mm, I don't think I'm going to do it. And so then what I make them do to, to, um, to, to announce their decision, they have to go in front, of, uh, in front of the class, basically. Well, not in front of the class. I, I usually have recorded, record it, but I, I put up either a green screen or like a, a presidential-looking backdrop, and then I've got a suit, suit coat and a tie that sit up there. I said, you've got to put the suit coat on, and you've got to basically record yourself giving mm-hmm. your statement to the world about what you're mm-hmm. going to do, and you have to tell them what you're going to do and why you're going to do it. Um, and it's, it's, it's worked out pretty well. What I need to do then is tell them, okay, for those that did made this decision, here's what happens for those that made this decision, here's what happens. Now, what do you say to the people? Wow. You know, or have them draw based on, you know, that's what I could do is, you know, it works or it doesn't work depending on which way they go. And now you have to react to that. Uh, we'll see that. I just that just popped in my head. So, did we do the right thing? Gosh, I don't know. You know, it, it's I, I'm gonna pull a, a Drew Gruber here and say, you know, I don't know that I want to backseat general somebody from uh, <laughs> 80 years ago, 70 years ago. But I mean, I I I'll put it this way. I get why Truman made the decision he made. I get it. Okay. I you know, um, I I don't think. I don't know if it was the wrong decision. I don't know if it was the right decision. Um, it was a decision that had to be made. Um, if you go the other route, the world changes. If you go this route, the world changes. It doesn't matter. So in some ways, maybe there's, I don't know. I I, I can't commit either way, I guess. <laughs>
0: I, I'm a I mean, the context is is a big deal. I mean, right. when you've gone through the number of years that the war had gone through and the number of people that had died, then it's kind of like, well, yeah, if we can drop a weapon. Because they were planning on invading Japan. Right. Sure. Um, and it was like, well, okay, well, here's the choice. We'll either invade Japan and cause a lot more Americans to die. Because mm-hmm. at that point, it was more or less believed that the Japanese were willing to die sure. fighting to the last man. And a lot of them were. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like, okay, but if we have this other weapon that we can drop on them and just kill them instead of, you know, American lives, then should we do that? So, I mean, there's looking back on it in 2020, um, you know, there's a lot of armchair, you know, philosophers that mm-hmm. could, you know, Monday morning mm-hmm. quarterbacks kind of things. Um, but it is, I mean, it's something that I've wrestled with, but the more research I've done, you know, I, It's difficult for me to put myself into that position because I don't know what that life had to have been like where everyone's having to ration because all the, you know, resources need to go to, you know, the war front. Um, You know, the draft is happening. Everyone is being drafted to go. Uh, You see stars in the windows of, you know, so many homes because people, you know, everybody has somebody that's fighting in this. Um it's difficult to imagine the loss of life. I mean like Stalingrad for example. I mean mm-hmm. the amount of death mm-hmm. yep. that was involved in this. <laughs> um so um I just thought real quick something that I use in class there's a thing called nuke map.
2: Yeah, you've told where us about you, this, yeah.
0: Right. So I thought that I, we would do a little uh, example and see what it would be like over our respective residences. Oh, fun. So if they were to do an airburst of uh, the Hiroshima bomb, which is about 15 kiloton yield over a certain location in Northern Iowa. (laughs) Thanks. um, We'll just start there. Um, (laughs) You have an S- You have an estimated fatalities of 3,200 people and estimated injuries of 680. Um, The blast, uh, let's see, the fireball radius of 0.1 kilometer uh, would be pretty much over the heart of that downtown area. Downtown, whatever. And... um, (laughs) (laughs) You have a moderate blast radius of five uh, PSI that would go um, about one point six, seven kilometers out from there. So you would have a fair amount of destruction. So three thousand two hundred. Let's see what would happen over St. Louis.
1: How many kilotons? Because I'm doing it right now.
0: 15. It's uh 15. 15. It's the you if you do the yield, if you do um there's a little drop-down box and it has no. every single oh,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. bomb used. Um then you would have an estimated fatality rate over St. Louis. Now, granted, where Rude's from is a little sparsely populated. Uh St. Louis, if they drop the bomb over basically the main area it looks like the estimated fatalities would be 34,490 people right. killed. And almost, actually, just a little bit more injuries, 34,890. Um, and that's one bomb. Right. I mean, that is like, that's, and everyone, you can actually go on to a nu- nuke map, And it'll have, I mean, and there's the thing is they they go down all the way to the czar bomb. So the czar bomb is one of the largest um, weapons. The one that was actually tested was 50 megatons. And if you dropped that over St. Louis, you would have an estimated fatalities of 883,980 people.
1: Goodness gracious. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: St. Louis would virtually cease to exist um,
2: Let's do this over so,
0: Durham, North Carolina Yeah, Durham, <laughs> North Carolina um, I, like, Again, I've done this a number of times So let's go down to Let's bring it back up to Little Boy, do we know why they call them Little Boy and Fat Man, by the way?
2: Fat Man was a little bit fatter, Little Boy was
0: smaller looking Is But they thing? were named after people Oh, that's right Fat Man was named after Churchill <laughs>
2: I did not know and, that.
0: And Little Boy was named after uh, FDR.
2: Well, they also have uh mock-ups of
0: the uh fat I think man it was FDR. Boy. I don't think it was Truman. Th- I'm pretty sure it was FDR. Um yeah, Durham over Durham, uh, Little Boy would kill 17,120 people with twenty-seven thousand nine hundred and thirty. Um, and if they were to have dropped uh, the Tsar bomb that was tested, the one that was actually designed was supposed to be 100 megatons. Yeah. They only tested half that power. And if you had detonated that, then you would have the blast would almost reach out to Raleigh. And you're looking at about 434,790 people killed. Ooh, good night. So this opens a Pandora's box of, you know, we have this new weapon and, and, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, whoever has the biggest stick, Mm -hmm. but then everyone else starts getting sticks (laughs) and, um, and, you know, and it's like, if you didn't have, if we didn't have it before, that's not to say that no one else would have ever developed it. I'm sure that they would have. right, But, um, you know, us developing this to uh, such a point is, um, I mean, it did open a Pandora's box. And whether or not that's good or bad, I mean, it's not, it's no longer a conventional war. Um, I'm not entirely certain what the definition of conventional and non conventional in terms of weapons and warfare is. Do you guys know that?
2: Conventional and unconventional.
0: Well, they can. I think they consider a nuclear bomb an unconventional. Correct.
2: It's something that you um, wouldn't use. That's like conventional would be a typical, a typical warhead that is, is non-nuclear, and basically you drop it to blow something up and you're done. Or so, chemical weapons would be unconventional. Right. Right. You know. Um, you know, basically something other than bullets or. Bombs that are essentially TNT or, you know, something like, right. you know, there's no quote unquote fallout.
0: But to, um, to have walked around, um, there you have a place, um, that was, um, it was like a government office that was virtually underneath the blast. I mean, it was mm-hmm. basically what's considered ground zero and they stabilized it, the structure. And now that is known as the A-bomb dome. And that is considered to be right underneath where the blast took place. Um, Strangely enough, they were aiming for a T-shaped bridge, and the bridge wasn't even destroyed. I mean, it was damaged, but it wasn't even destroyed. But um, the amount of horrors... I mean, first of all, imagine being out in the sun for a really, really long time, how like thirsty you are, how dehydrated you get. Right. Well, right. imagine that happening in a very short amount of time. Um, people were burning. They were diving into the rivers that go through Hiroshima, and the shock of that killed many people. Um, People were trying uh, it eventually all of that radioactive material gets kicked up and all that dust and all that, you know, smoke and everything that it started to rain and it rained black rain, which then started to pollute the water supplies. So then now people are thirsty because they are, you know, um, virtually dehydrated in an instant and people are drinking water. And if that, the shock to their systems didn't kill them, then the polluted water um, made them very, very ill. It created so many more problems. It became hell, literally hell for people that were living there. If you survived, right. There are stories. Yeah. There are literally stories. There's a a girl who um, they could not find her body, um, but they did find her metal lunchbox. Um, the metal lunchbox is still on display. Um, her, uh, Shigeru Oromen, she was 13 years old. She was a student, a uh, first year student at the second Hiroshima Prefectural Junior High School. She was exposed, um, at a, uh, building demolition work site during the early morning of the ninth. Um, oh, excuse me. It was a he, excuse me. But, um. His mother found his body with his lunchbox clutched under his stomach. The lunch he never ate was carbonized.
1: Oh, goodness gracious.
0: It's still there. The stuff within the food is still there. Um, There was other people where uh, uh, I think a girl who they never even found her body. Um, Their uh, uniforms, bags, there's a sandal with a a footprint uh, burned into it. Um, Kengo Nikawa, um, he had the pocket watch that froze at exactly, at precisely the moment right, that right, the, right. um, the bomb dropped. He was 59. He was exposed, um, uh, riding a bicycle to his building demolition assignment in the city center. Uh, he was burned on his head and from his right shoulder to his back. He died on the 22nd. Uh, Shinichi Tetsutani, he was three years old, uh, playing with a, a tricycle in his yard. Um, he died the same day. Uh, because it says because Shinichi's father felt that laying a three year old alone in, in a distant grave was too pitiful, he buried this tricycle in the backyard along with his son.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Um, the amount of just the, the burns, um, Shadows burned into concrete. Um, um, there's one a picture in here. Nails and skin left by a junior high school student. Um, he was rescued. He was burned so severely that his skin hung loose from his whole body. Wow. Um, I mean, you cannot. None of us can imagine what that sort of life.
1: No. No. No
0: is like to have gone through anything like that and to you know and in 2020 we can say that is horrible we should have never done that um and so it's an interesting perspective to say well what if we had demonstrated this in front of the japanese before would that have prevented this from taking place or would it have emboldened them or i mean by this point they were pretty broken but again, the context of what life was like at that time, having endured a war for that long, right? I mean, you—it's—it's it's difficult to say what you would have done. I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty.
2: Well, exactly. We—we we have the benefit of knowing what happened, right? And that's really what it comes down to.
0: But um, when I was living in Japan, I wanted to, you know, I was like Hiroshima, God, I would—that would be an amazing place because it is unlike anything in history Um, because it is the first time in the history of mankind that a nuclear weapon was used in war. Mm -hmm. But I was like, but as an American, should I go there? Is that rude? Is that, you know, is that, I don't know. I mean, I was really in a place of, I, I mean, what, what would that, you know, but then, and someone said, well, you know, Japanese people go visit Pearl Harbor all the time. Yep. And so <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, I guess that's a good point. I didn't thought of, I hadn't thought of that. And I'm glad that I went because it's just, and I was walking on the bridge that, you know, and I looked up to kind of like, that's where that bomb went off on that day and to be in that, to inhabit that space and inhabit that time is an incredibly heavy yeah. Thing because you're looking at, um, after it was all said and done, you have about 140,000 people that died because of this weapon. 140,000 people. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, it's, I, I can't even, I can't even begin to wrap my brain around that. One destructive weapon. And the thing is, is that when the Enola, um, There were planes that were taking off from Tinian airfield, which is they finally took this uh, this island and uh, had an airfield so that their bombers would be able to reach Japan in order to drop these bombs. And some of the bombers were crashing as they were trying to take off. And so they were afraid, oh, my God, well, if we load one of these things up with this. However, many you know tons of nuclear material, and it wrecks. You know now we've completely vaporized this island, killed everybody on board. You know everybody here, and so they actually had to um, to take off with the bomb unarmed, mm-hmm. and one of the uh, the the people on the plane had to actually dismantle the bomb and then put it all back together. To arm it. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking, you know, in the Bombay, it's not exactly a comfortable place. No. Um, And they were afraid as soon as he, you know, put everything back and, you know, turned the circuits on or whatever, it could have detonated then. Mm -hmm. So there was a whole bunch of factors. There's a whole bunch of just. I mean, it's a really intense part of history that uh, I cannot stress enough. I really do feel fundamentally changed the world that we know today. Now, you know, people are worried, you know, North Korea has them and that they're going to attack us and things like that, which, you know, could very well, you know, potentially happen. But had this not happened and there are some arguments to say that Japan was going to surrender eventually, but we were trying to prevent the Russians from getting involved because we didn't want any more Russian influence. Um, So we were trying to get the Japanese to hurry. So let's just go ahead and drop this bomb. And uh, the devastation done to Hiroshima was hmm. r- was ridiculous. Um, we had never, you know, experienced anything like that before. And hope to God that you know every time that um, uh, a nuclear test happens, the government uh, of Hiroshima sends a protest letter to that country and that government, saying, "Look, we've been there." don't do this. Don't do this. And part of their museum, they would take that letter of petition or whatever. And, uh, they would basically create it into like a metal, uh, I don't want to say lithograph, but, and then they would use it as sort of like wall decorations and Hmm. almost the entire, it seems like, I think almost the entire first floor of that building is covered in these letters. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, it's, it's heavy stuff, man. It's very heavy.
2: There, there's but, another you know. thing to consider about this. Um, you know, we've talked about Hiroshima, but let's face it, Nagasaki, three days later, we didn't do it once. We did it twice. Right. Uh, Hatfield, yeah, have, this you is... been, <laughs> Hatfield have you been up to Nagasaki?
0: Um, I did not. Uh, I did not go to Nagasaki, um... Um, yeah, no, Hiroshima was the, I mean, I kind of figure, and and about 90,000 people died in Nagasaki, and I believe one of the reasons why it was fewer is because it was a little bit more mountainous in that area, if I'm correct, I could be wrong.
2: No, Um, I I believe you're correct on that, and I I think I've heard that justification before, but still, the fact is we dropped, we didn't do it once, we did it twice.
0: Yeah did it twice we're the only country in the history of the world to have used a nuclear weapon in um in war and we did it twice Mm -hmm. and we were ready to
2: do it a third time
0: um yeah Hmm. i mean it i don't know what the third uh target would have been but that by that point you know the japanese are like no we're done Yeah, we're right. Right. We we can't do anything to stop this. Right. This is this is only going to kill more people. Um. But I mean, and imagine being in you know Japanese government shoes at that point. You know, here you have you know you attack Pearl Harbor um you're trying to you know expand because you kind of feel like that european and you know western influences have you know with the spreading of opium and all that kind of stuff you know they've been pretty bad and well we need to liberate quote unquote all these countries and so we're going to do it at the you know the end of a bayonet and uh and now you know you have been pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and now they're dropping these super-powered bombs like vaporizing cities. It's like... Mm -hmm. I just... You know, it's such... I'm not sure if there's been a time in world history that people have had to to examine that (laughs) or, or have those choices or experience that kind of stuff. Um... Are you got, uh, what are your thoughts? Not to, I guess, get too deep into that, but what are your thoughts on uh, nuclear weapons? I mean, now, do you think it's, uh, uh, I
1: mean, <sighs> there is a part of me that thinks, um, you know, no, absolutely not, no, for no reason whatsoever. Um, but then, and I'm certainly not justifying this, uh, so hear me out. Um Then I think, well, the technology has improved so drastically that you could almost um, scale back the kilotons and go with like targeted things. You know, does that sound mm-hmm. does that sound like a, a, an absurd statement to make, or is that
0: <laughs> are, are um, you talking about kind of like like um, tactical, you know?
1: like a very precise? You know, uh, almost like, I mean, almost making it conventional, but still having that nuclear aspect to
0: it. So you could surgically kill 140,000 That's what I'm looking for. There
1: you go. I was using the word right. tactically a little bit. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. That's But is there, is there such a widespread um, feel of killing, you know, killing field per se? No. Um, you know. Could it be done to where it was more surgical um, and have it be, I don't know. It It's really hard to answer that question. It really is. For And I'm not sure why it is for me, um, probably because I've never had to experience it and I've never had the honor to be, I use the word honor because I think it would be something that would be um, almost spiritual. I, you know, I can't speak to it, so I, I don't. I don't know um the honor of being in hiroshima or nagasaki to experience you know the museums and the memorials there um so i am probably not I, hmm. <laughs> it's such a difficult question yeah
0: well, i mean there's i don't know if there's a right or wrong answer to it right um, I mean, I mean, you know it's easy for us to 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 say one thing because we were the ones that used it you know, it's not like they were, It was used against us. Had the Nazis built it first and dropped it on us, we probably have maybe a different viewpoint of that.
2: Well, yeah, no, you're you're probably right. Let me throw this out there. If if you want to do surgical, and I would contend the army is and or not the army, the military in general, the U.S. military in Afghanistan is doing very much precision surgical style tactical. Attacks, whatever they're doing, whether they're bombing, whether they're uh, sending in in spec ops, whatever. Why does it have to be nuclear? Uh, If you're, you're, you know, probably right. That's probably a very valid statement. Um, And the only reason I say that is, and I cut you off. I I apologize. The only reason I say that is because look at the literally the fallout from a nuclear-style attack. You you know I it, it. when when you drop the uh, whatever their their diamond cutter not diamond cutter but their bunker buster bomb the thing goes off and makes a huge explosion it blows half a mountain apart, sure. but it's done.
1: No, you're right. You no, right.
2: that that's the only thing I look at with it. Is no, there a it, um, you know is there a need to level an entire city in one fell swoop? If there is, probably not. Well, right, but if there is, then then there's use for it. If there's not, then what do we need it for? Other than to say we've got it and you other people don't, so listen
0: to us. Hmm. Well, a lot of people can argue having it as a deterrent right. is justifiable in defense alone. Right. That's true. But too. then, it, but then, if somebody else has it, then it's a deterrent of who's going to use. Because I mean rude you're probably too young to remember this but you know geldmacher and i you know uh, we a a lot of our childhood was based on the fact that we felt that the russians were going to wipe us from the face of the planet with nuclear weapons right
2: Mm. now i don't remember that i did not have to watch duck and cover videos but i know what you're talking about
0: No. Well, I remember there was a TV uh, movie that came on called The Day After, which showed um, at the time very explicit because it was about, you know, what happened, you know, during a a nuclear attack. Mm -hmm. And it scared the hell out of a bunch of a lot of people.
1: I remember reading. um, We read a novel in grade school. I think it was I think it took place in Australia. I think it's called On the Beach. Um, And it basically was... These kids who, you know, kind of describe their normal life. And then one day they heard about this thing that happened and then it became a kind of a countdown and how long it would take for the basically the fallout to reach before they all died. And it was what they were doing with their remaining time on Earth.
2: Mm, Right.
1: (laughs) That's the kind of stuff that we you know, while it wasn't in the front of your mind, it was the that information was there, you know.
2: Well, I mean, that was the premise of the second city show I saw in Washington, D.C., basically, you know, 15 minutes before the bomb detonated that Ch- uh, North Korea sent at us. Of course, they yeah. had a little bit more of a funny approach to how that would, how it would end.
0: <laughs> well, you of had course. people trying to, you know, they thought that it was... um when the in uh, was it Hawaii that they the false alarms had gone off and you saw video of people like literally trying to get their kids into um, sewer mm-hmm. into sewers yeah. to try because we were they were you know because there was some sort of false alarm that went off and they were afraid oh my god North Korea sent a missile
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you had video of parents like pulling manhole covers off of the street and trying to lower their kids into. The sewers so that they wouldn't get uh, wouldn't get killed I mean that's mm-hmm. <laughs> so Woo. yeah it's a lot I mean and it's not something I think we're going to be able to answer on this podcast today so whatever. yeah no
2: probably good sp- good stopping point then I would think
0: yeah for today
2: yeah that's,
1: that's fair true. that was super heavy way to go guys nice job
2: y- yeah yeah blame Hatfield for
0: it well it was i i really strongly as you know i love american history but i'm also a japanophile so you know <laughs> japanese history is also a big deal and i thought it would we would be remiss if we did not you know talk no at all. and the fact well, that it's
1: yeah. the 75th, 75th anniversary is mm-hmm. is definitely a, you know as, as good a time as any to kind of reflect so
2: well and this yeah. is legitimately legitimately the week of that anniversary so it's good right. time for it yeah so, as um, we declared in This Week in History. Of course. course. So eloquently or not. Well, gentlemen, I appreciate your time. And as always, it's good to talk to you. We'll have to do Absolutely. this again. We've got uh, an anniversary show coming up. We're looking at some speci- some pretty special guests coming up. So uh, oh, yeah. it's, it's a good time to be a History Bros podcast fan. Woo! Like and share on the so, social uh, media.
0: So, yeah, oh, stay tuned. We have a we have a special um, uh, new intro that we're going to be introducing. Uh, what? He gave the surprise away. No, that's OK. That's OK. No, you just got to tune in to listen to it. That's true. It's going to be super
2: awesome. Our good friend uh, Jason Hatfield over at Jason Hatfield Productions messed around with his stuff and made a really cool thing. Yeah, he did. And uh, I hope it better be. If not Man, it sucks, we we're, we're not paying him. Say I it can sucks. tell you that. If, if <laughs> we're not paying him if it if yeah, it sucks.
0: If you guys don't get if you guys don't like it, you can certainly get your money back.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> good. Good, good.
2: All right. Well, you heard for it. For those here. of you playing at home,
0: I did this for free.
2: <laughs> well, we'll get our money back. We'll file an injunction and we'll just use this as evidence in the court case. We'll just cut it off before the party. Injunction,
0: junction, what's your function? I need oh some, I
2: need to go get myself some more gas station fried chicken. That was some amazing. Uh, wow. Oh. All
0: right. Well, um you Rude's going to get some fried chicken. It was amazing. Um, Geldmacher's going to go watch the the sports ball. And, and uh, sure. we're we're running some uh, meal and uh, well we're running a, a dish that we made and some cookies over to uh, some friends of ours that just had a baby. So um, <laughs> well,
2: congratulations to your friends who had a baby, and half of the yeah. history brothers, Please tell them congratulations.
0: Yes, I so certainly will. They'll edit. probably go who?
2: Well, <laughs> right. we'll we'll send them a hat and, and a coaster and stuff once we you know design all that stuff and make it and everything there you go right right
0: right. So. right all right gentlemen well until next time
2: wear your masks i mean uh yeah we'll Me talk too. to you soon have a good one guys we're the history bros and we'll talk to you again soon
0: yeah peace out
2: a deuces.